Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 121. That's Devin Berkey. Episode starts right now. What's good, Dev? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh man, it's gonna be cool, man. So you just um you came from practice just now? Yeah, I was training in the morning. Yeah. How many mornings have you been doing? Right now, because it's the off season, I'm kind of just like two or three trying really to get my body right uh, in the gym because that's gonna carry me over for the whole season, you know. Yeah, take care of the hardware, right? Software. Yeah. Software is a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. We were um before we got in the air, we were talking about Rob McLean. Right. Like, talk about someone that takes care of his body, man. That dude. Have you ever seen like Rob is like I'm out of shape and I'm just like, where? Yeah, I mean, some some guys I, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for the guys that put in the extra work on the side and get their jump right and the body uh, strong, you know. Yeah. takes a lot of dedication. Well, we're definitely going to talk about you and your improvements on the beach and front row blocker, um, various partners you had. I was looking at the BVB thing, which is always mm-hmm. fun to watch because BVB doesn't really tell the whole story. Right. Um, I always tell my people when they look for B- uh, BVB.info, just multiply that by eight. Mm-hmm. And that's people's volleyball career. Like, think about this. Like, Mark Burek, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, didn't qualify for San Francisco AVP. Gets mm-hmm. on a plane, flies to um, Pottstown Rumble, wins. That's that's like seven, seven G right there, right? Um, <laughs> Jeff Samuels in Chicago, member didn't qualify with Dylan Cox. Gets yeah, on yeah. a plane, flies to the motherload, wins. <laughs> so, right? And then, um, and then I think Evan Corey and uh, Logan yes, <laughs> we were out to freaking uh, Seaside or whatever. Yeah, I think right. Yes, which was by the way a bid. Yeah. For Chicago. <laughs> which then, yeah, which then got them into Chicago. Yeah, that's funny how that works. Yeah. Well, they had a bid for Manhattan because I, I believe Coconut Beach, right, um, Louisiana, right. did that. Which, by the way, I was there, man. You you oh. got to go. Were you there? No. No, I was not. No. Were you there for Atlantic City? Yes. Yes, I was in Atlantic City. Wait a second. You left your home state to play a volleyball tournament? <laughs> you are serious. Um, you know, when the whole when the whole shutdown was going on, man, we had to go to we went to Texas, we went to Florida, we went to um can't even remember, Wapaka. Mm-hmm. We were traveling all over Wapaka the place. Wapaka was a mess, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was uh that was <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> One of the gnarliest conditions I've ever played in. I sure. was hoping you'd say the word gnarly. I, I, I was thinking we'd get in like forty minutes, but all I had to do was say Wapaka. <laughs> yeah. Dude, our court was literally like a swamp the first three matches or so we were down on that lower part and they were like using those little um the leaf blowers to blow the water out and like making little channels and stuff it was incredible <laughs> but we made it we made i it. was worried about Kristen nuss like sinking in it i look like uh, watching her play i thought she's gonna be like help and terry you know, is gonna be like give me a hand chris schaefer went down and messed up his um i think he messed up his knee like really badly and had to get uh surgery and all that Yes. He's been ever since. Uh, and a couple other people, I think, messed it up in the grass side, but that's grass. So you grass, of, you, you almost expect yeah. that. You know, yeah. And I mean, let me tell you something. With grass, you kind of have a decision to make. You have to measure the integrity of the scene. Like Pottstown right. Rumble is a hard time to play with sneakers because right. there's so much slippage. It brings like the front of your toes to the front of the sneaker and right. you're like uncomfortable. 
playing grass and sneakers right and then you go right. to connecticut and connecticut you have to wear sneakers because that's like really hard hey so right. um um and you, did you play grass too or did you or just play beat? i did not I, I made the executive decision to save myself and i'm like a i'm a kind of clumsy guy like i didn't really trust myself on grass and it's tough on the knees and the back and everything you know it really is is that yeah. one of the reasons why you've evolved from indoor to outdoor because i know you yeah. have you had a good look um, I'm going to set the stage for the audience listening. You had a really good, excuse me, let me fix this. You had a really good, um, like high school and club career that all, all signs were pointing towards playing for Santa Barbara college. Maybe, you know, maybe some dreams and aspirations of playing overseas, you know what I'm saying? Maybe get a good contract in this and that. Right. Um, of course our mutual friends is just like everyone you're associated with gave me every reason in the world. I like you, you, you Duncan Avery, right? You're at Redondo mm -hmm. Union. Duncan Avery gave me my first mm -hmm. shot here when I moved here. I was coaching Evolution. Mm -hmm. His 16. Love that guy. Um, you know, playing for the Gauchos. That's oh, that's you know that that was the one. You played one season with them, right? And yeah, the, one full season. Yeah. All right. And, and then like kind of like a, a half of another one. <laughs> cool. So let's go present first before I, because I felt like I was gonna drive us both off the cliff, and I'm sorry about that. Um, okay. Let's go first. Let's go present. We. Let's talk about some big stages. You're at Manhattan Beach. Well, you're at um, Atlantic City first, mm -hmm. which is 100K purse. Then Atlanta, mm -hmm. AVP, the first stop on the tour. Mm -hmm. I thought you did really well. I was actually looking at the, the, the people you had to play against. But I want to talk about Manhattan Beach and then Chicago. Okay. All right. The most exciting ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Manhattan Beach, that was not an easy first round for any of the four of you. Um, again, painting the picture audience, it was Jeff Samuels and Kyle Ratty, fresh off the construction site, blocking people off the court against a very, very improved team of John Schwengel and Devin Berkey. And that went to three sets, right? First set was kind of a blowout and you're just like, okay, mm -hmm. that's something we can, we can only go up from here, right? I mean, <laughs> you have a pretty easy going nature and that's probably, is that what you were thinking when you lost the first set? Yeah, and we, we had uh, Megan Bergdorf was sitting in our box, so she kind of like steadied us out. She was like, it's all right, like we can we can come back from this. And then we did, and then we got our mojo back a little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, if I were coaching you guys, I'd be like, they don't go by like total, total numbers. You can lose. Right. You can lose 21-5 yeah. and win the next two, 21-19 yeah, like, and 15-13. It's kind of a wash, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Is there, um, so you ended up winning the second set. Third set, you guys had, match point twice and two really good dig opportunities right and i don't want to talk about the dig opportunities or, or, or what happened because that's that's more distant but i know how jeff feels jeff won that game but to him it felt like a loss because jeff has with respect to you and john jeff had higher expectations right for you my question to you is, is it one that you felt like got away? Because you and John look like you had a ton of momentum going into that tournament, just understanding each other. So we were honestly, we were feeling really well. And I thought um, after that first set, we, we kind of fell into our groove a little bit. Mm -hmm. our, our struggles have always been um, keeping that going throughout the whole match. Um, so obviously, like when it came down to that ending time, I made a couple uh silly choices i think a couple plays didn't go our way and then that was that was that right uh, but as the experience builds and stuff and as we learn this game a little bit more those things start to like <clears throat> work themselves out a little bit earlier um so we don't have those issues in the third set you know uh, yeah 
So that's the reality, I guess. From Atlanta to Manhattan Beach, what got better? Um, let's start with um, John individually. What what improved in that small time period from Atlanta to Manhattan Beach? We're not gonna, we're going to get into Chicago in a minute. So in general, our the main issue that was holding us back as a team, I think, was my setting accuracy and not putting him in a spot that he could like side out consistently and feel comfortable with the set. Um, so honestly, once I got that dialed in, um, it sent his side out game through the roof. So he was no longer having issues siding out. And then that translated into his defense because now he was kind of in a better mood now that he's siding out well. And now he's thinking, okay, now I can start digging some balls and now he's in a better headspace. So honestly, the setting kind of <laughs> just just flipped our whole team around. Yeah. Which, well, that's what they ask, right? When they right. <laughs> someone's looking for a big guy, they don't, they don't <laughs> I mean, more so than <clears throat> his blocking, more so than his ability to side out, or right. does he have a devastating jump serve? It's like, no, no. Right. How's, how is his setting? Because, yeah. yeah, the reality is the, the blockers don't always get served, so they need to be able to set every single ball to their, uh, to their yeah. defender well enough for them to side out, you know? 100%. And I... I asked about um john um but i'm gonna get back i want to ask that again about john but i'm gonna ask that about that about you was was setting something that i guess you just answered the question so basically you're saying setting is something that got significantly better between chicago uh, between um atlanta and manhattan beach that made things possible yes yeah Yeah. john looked good john john looked like a side out machine man you know right he's i mean he's a pretty incredible player he's such a young kid too Uh, Mm um So he's never, his game has always just been pretty solid and, and it's been me that's had to catch up uh, to the level that we're playing at, you know? Yeah. And it seems like the stage, like both of you guys are pretty easy going and it's weird. Like someone can like probably like fire an AK in the middle of the air and you're like, oh, shit a gun <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. nothing it doesn't seem like a stage is too big for you guys sometimes you get shoved into like maybe chicago or whatever and you're like and you need a moment you, you kind of you're like All right, i need a minute <laughs> uh, um but you two strike me as two guys that, that just kind of like you know you 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 really have this face like whether it's good or bad it was exactly what you expected to happen <laughs> that, that was part of the reason we i mean we've stuck together this long uh, it's it's hard to find a beach partner that you really like get along with and that you could work through things with and have like a good relationship with and that's why a lot of great partnerships break up honestly because they just start they start arguing um so we've been fortunate enough to be <clears throat> like pretty good friends off the court and we get along really well so that's kind of kept our uh, kept our partnership alive really well Okay, so you already told me one thing you you thought John did well. What's one thing that you wanted to get better at between Manhattan and Chicago? You're like, this is something I got to fix. Was it still your setting? No, it, it then it translated to blocking. Um, I was not taking enough space as a blocker. I was doing a very like cookie cutter system where if I was blocking line, I would be showing line for days and then take my line sure but it was giving up like the whole seam swing and the power angle and everything um so once i started actually getting in front of the hitter a little bit better and then pressing and taking more space over the net um our our defense then took another leap and he was able to dig even more balls because he had confidence that i was actually going to seal my zone you know that's yes pretty cool yeah because when i saw you play in atlanta how tall are you six seven yeah, about six, seven. When I saw you play in Atlanta, 
uh, I ain't gonna lie, you look like a six seven guy blocking like a six three dude. Right. And I'm like, which is really, I, which is really frustrating. It is, and I mean, for me, I was like, I would like to see Devin. Um, I would like to see Devin be big at the net, mm -hmm. be be kind of a presence at the net. Um, yeah. You look at like Anders Mull, right? You guys are about, the, you guys are the same height, and I think he's probably even a half inch shorter. Right. He, everyone thinks he's like six ten because he has, he. Um, emotes size at the net, right? Right, Phil. We skip him. That goes without saying. Jake, right. Jake, I Jake. Even even though he's a great blocker, I still think he could be bigger at the net. Um, right. Sharif, you know who was on the podcast, <laughs> is he's weird because he's small until he's big because right. he, he has a, this dip, um, like this that Ricardo kind of dip. He touches his toes mm -hmm. and then he touches the clouds. Are uh, very much, yeah, on the woman's side, like yeah. Brandy Wilkerson, right? right. Um. And his dipping pull is really good too, because he dips so low. His dip, his ability to disappear at the net and then pull. He's literally out of position. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, I just roll shot into this dude. I thought he was still at the net, you know. So that was the one thing you wanted to do better between that and Chicago, right? For sure, for cool. sure. Um, and I've actually, I've, I've watched a ton of blockers. I he's my idol as far as blockers go. It's Who? he's literally like perfect at the net every single time. Who? Um, Anders Mool. Yeah. Um, and Good so idea. once I started actually like taking space like uh, over the net and pressing uh, better, then that was that was literally the biggest change. Uh, that was the only thing I really needed to do, and then everything kind of fell into place. All right. So enter Chicago. You have this disappointing kind of first quasi second round qualifier, <laughs> and then Chicago. Uh, for the people listening at home, the AVP had something called a two day qualifier, which we'll talk about whether we like or not in a minute but I want to talk about you. You went from qualifier day one. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, all right, day two, cool. And then qualifier day two, mm -hmm. all the way to the main draw. You're the first team to do that. You might you might very well be the last team to do that. Let's see, yeah. <laughs> How, actually, let's look at, let's, let's look at some of the, the, the games, the teams you beat. All right. So, Jimenez and Green, that's, that's, that's a, that's a trap game, okay. And you got out of that. That's fifteen eight, right? Yeah, that, that was a trap for, game, dude. For the record, the the phase one, the first day was like gnarly wind, like was. probably like twenty miles, and I don't even know, but it was uh, it was brutal. Buckham and Flem Fleming, boom, you advance second round. So, boy, that's a bad pool. Cox, Samuels, Mirwitter, Roberts, Landell, Prima. Let's um. There you go. You beat Cornelia and Tucker. Mm -hmm. That's an, another uh, not easy out. Right. Emmering and Boag, two blockers, but still, man, I mean. And then you beat Friend and David Lee. For the people listening, David Lee got in another way. I think he picked up <laughs> another partner, so. Yeah, I didn't pick him up right after. <laughs> yep. Big business always wins at the end. <laughs> so. That's you all the way to the main draw, man. So yeah. I guess my question is, here's the first question. How was your gas tank the second day? So it was five matches in total with the phase one and the phase two. Um, by the end of that, I was completely gassed. Uh, but I will say I'm not in the best shape compared to other blockers necessarily. So John was actually kind of fine uh, stamina wise. Um, but I was pretty, I was pretty beat up. So that's, that's also something I'm going to be uh, 
uh, working on for next season, just getting more endurance to make it through those five matches or whatever to get in, you know? Right. And so that was you after day one or, or day two? After day two. Day one was, um, it was only two matches, so it wasn't terrible, but mm-hmm. yeah. So energy efficiency is something that you want to do do well, right? Sure. Well, first of all, you want your conditioning to be better, right? You yeah, just have more endurance in general. Yeah, you're just trying to be ever improving in that in that um, respect. And I think, again, with the coaching you had coming up as a pup all the way to your adulthood, I'm I'm sure the lecture of energy efficiency is applicable, right? Like, yeah, for sure. They don't want you jumping 100 percent every jump. They probably want you to operated like 90 to 100 right yeah um, yeah because i mean you can't just you can't yeah. just crack every serve and no. hit every ball you know you'll you'll burn yourself out too quick yeah well john mayer called it good better best like when you warm up have like a gradual build up 70 percent power 70 percent jump and right. then and then as you warm up allow your body to because you've been doing a million jumps a million swings like your whole life so you allow your body to get to where it's supposed to be on its own you know, because some people, I don't know, some people train like idiots, you know, and some people prepare like idiots. And, and just like theater, right? If you hit the climax in the beginning of the movie, there's nothing, there's really nothing mm-hmm. left to go on at the end. <laughs> well, especially when you don't have like a coach that's like regimenting, you're like, like everyone warm up now and do your stretching now and all that. Then guys tend to just get a little lackadaisical about it. And I'm guilty of it too, you know. Who's your coach? Right now we're working with uh, Megan Bergdorf and Anna Collier. Um, yeah, we work hey. with them once a week. Uh, we dial in stuff, and then we go out, we play, and we test it, and then we come back and we see what else we need to work on. You know, Megan, I don't have a big sample size of watching her work, but I will <laughs> say, Anna, if you have thick skin, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you could learn a lot from that woman. For you sure, you could learn a lot from that woman. There's, so they're they're primarily coach women. Um, we're one of their only guys teams, I think. Um, but they're way more technical as far as like the, the breakdown of all the skills. And that's exactly what I need uh, right now is kind of like learning the game and stuff. So it works out really well for us. Um, well, Anna, we- Anna was never a really good woman's, woman's style coach. Look, she's had success. She demands excellence. And a lot of women literally had to man up to play for her. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'll give you an example, like the volleyball psychology, right? Is women perform better through camaraderie togetherness teamwork picking each other up men perform right. through leadership you know what i'm saying individual performance they follow that guy and this and that so and right. it was at usc was coaching girls like a bunch of dudes you know right. and really her assistant coaches you got dane you got gustavo you you know there's a great balance of her being like this this dragon lady, not I would I don't even like that word. I, you know, I mean, cause dragon lady, you think of Denari's, right? She don't forget. Yeah, I mean, just she, like she's a, the she's whole a, village. She's up. a yeller. She's a yeller yeah. for sure. And I, I mean, I kind of like that. Is it? Mm-hmm. It mirrors more of what guy coaches kind of sound like. So I think it's great. Uh, yeah. For- but that's why I was, I, my guess is that's why it was easy for you guys to get along. Right. Uh, I, uh, I guarantee though, some girls probably just that is overwhelming or too much for them or whatever yep. you have it, you know? Dude, I, I had to learn that. I've been coaching 20 years and I had to learn that. I, it took me year nine for me to understand that. Never, You never want to out a girl that alienates her in front of the team that makes, right. that disrupts that um, sisterhood. Right. The guys, it's just like, 
yeah, like, if yeah. you're messing around, like you're gonna yeah. get called out for it, you know. I mean, I I still do it with my guys. I'm like, yeah. if 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 I'm with you and and this dude, I'm like, why are you standing next to each other on service eve? Or do you are you gonna buy him a drink? Are you gonna buy? Him, <laughs> can you give him some space? Are you right. gonna, you gonna take him out? I mean, at least buy him a drink if you're gonna be that close, right? right. Warm warm him up. Devin likes a drink, you know. So yeah. it's just it's just different styles of coaching. Like I'm sure there's there's girls that respond well to that too. Um, USC did right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they won a couple she, of chips, right? Yeah, she, she has a lot of success there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we really uh, enjoy working. And we've been working with them for probably like a year now or so, I think. Um, she's also, uh, she's John's godmother, if you didn't uh, if you didn't know that. So, mayor? No, John uh, Schwengel. Oh, Schwengel. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so I was like, mayor. <laughs> How the hell the mayor come out like that with a godmother? <laughs> How you come out so nice <laughs> with a godmother like that? <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so I really like that she's with you. I, I've always liked her style. She's always And she's always liked mine. We see each other, and it's kind of like, you know, um, hard-ass, you know, real recognizes real as far as being a hard-ass is concerned. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, Sorry, a fan question. I just, I just add'd. Who's your, who's the best condition partner you ever played with? I'm since I'm looking since, I'm trying to multitask here, and I just saw the question. Who is it? The best condition partner you played with? Like, like the partner that's in the best condition. The best physical shape, yeah. Golden Cow, hundred <laughs> percent. Wow, that's so true. That dude's like that dude is insane. Like, I mean, you've seen him. Like he's just ripped and takes care of himself like no other and that's how he's he's achieved such you know success like he had to as an undersized outside like you have to be physically better than everyone else um, that's what he's done basically yeah, yeah. so uh, let me ask you a question that i ask pretty much every volleyball guest and i guess now it's a pattern and i have to and i have to keep that same energy at what point and this might take some discipline. I had Kelly Reeves on a podcast and I asked her the same question. You're, you're young, but I think you it'll still take some discipline to look back. Was there a particular tournament, right? Or was there a particular match that you played and you left that match and that tournament and you told yourself, I think I can do this for a living? Yeah, most recently, obviously, it was... Uh... <laughs> It was probably Chicago, um, and and I wouldn't even say it was the uh, the last match against uh, David Lee and Kyle Friend. It was actually the first match against uh, Pete Canole and uh, Leela right. uh, Tucker, mm -hmm. um, and that was when we knew that because that that's a main draw team right there in the first round. Um, yeah, and when we were able to hang with them and make a game plan that actually like was that was when I kind of understood that was like hey like this is totally doable you know like if we can hang with a team like this that means that we're at least part of the way there to hanging with teams like um like all the main draw guys yeah so. you realize that i mean maybe you come into a match like that and you think the gap is bigger than it really is and then at right. the end of the match you know you um and this is a your juniors coach right i'm a juniors coach and this is what we tell our players you always you know, some team might look might look intimidating or better. You always play to the maximum of your potential because you want to leave the match knowing that if you lost, are they four points better? Are they really fourteen points better, or, right. or do you have a shitload of regret because you didn't? You know what I'm saying? Because you're or, sitting there smiling yeah. as a coping yeah. strategy or some shit like that, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, 
Good. I was hoping I, w- I would go back further than that. I was hoping, you know, um, okay. But yeah, I, guess, I, mean, I guess in respect for beach, that's that's the answer. It was also tough because we didn't, we didn't have uh, tournaments. Like when, when I started training with John, it was basically like right before COVID started. So we right. just got together, COVID, no tournaments, and then kind of started on this grind, you know, so, yeah. Okay. Reading your bio here. Torrance, California, rock star. Oh, it's a, mm-hmm. a, um, a, a decades old, you know, club. Yeah, now, as I'm, now I'm coaching there, which is kind of funny. I came yeah, full right. circle. So you're doing Surfside Girls and Rockstar Boys? Yeah, so I have two teams at Surfside and then one at Rockstar. How do you do both? How do you balance that? So the um, so my two teams for the girls are 13, 16s. The 16s um, has that break for high school. And then the boys, I have an 18s team. So they kind of like, it works out really well, actually. They stop playing right as the other one starts. As the varsity season starts. Right, right. So yeah. that's, the, I think, the best way to do it. But it's tough. It definitely overlaps still a lot. Because yeah. I quit Evolution to do girls because I've done boys high school. I've done boys club. I've done NCAA for decade right. and a half you know first chance i got to coach some beach pros that was that's fun remains fun right. um not never mind the color commentary and all, all the fun stuff i've been doing you know atlantic city and this and that but um i didn't think i'd have time to balance both and it turns out like i'm watching someone like you do it and i'm like man i, I could have just stayed with duncan because i really he's he's i was gonna ask what this man means to you because you did play high school for him he was right. the head coach right yes yes um, he was and that's a tough guy to leave. I've been with him for five years, you know, uh, before. This is before Chafins joined him, before Kevin Norman and all these other coaches came along. So um, tell me, Duncan Avery, what does that man mean to you? So I was only I was only actually at Redondo for one year, but I transferred in from West High for my senior year because right. um, I was tired of losing. Um, but Duncan was a pretty incredible coach, actually. Um, he took it he not necessarily seriously but he took it very professionally as a high school coach that i hadn't seen before um he like did full-on scouting reports like had us traveling like we went out to hawaii for a tournament played against all those guys um and just the way that he like ran his program was very very professional um didn't tolerate any like messing around any bad talking was very into the team dynamic and coming in as a as like an outside player he made that transition really easy so um i'm always thankful for him and um and i wish we could have won the uh the championship but we fell a little short to that to that huntington beach that was very uh, yeah well that was a cif semifinals in huntington beach yeah. at that time i think what yeah. we're in the middle of winning like a hundred straight or something like that yeah so yeah. we we honestly could have ran them in the finals but um just the way the seating worked out we had to play them in the semis both at cif and state and that was the uh the tj defalco brennan sander josh team that three of those guys ended up going to the national team so it's nice. kind of was vaught on that team or did he come afterwards ben vaught um good question i, I should have asked remember. him that. there, there were so many incredible players yeah. on that team like, he was I on should, the podcast i could i should have asked him <laughs> right i know he played on uh, he played on the club team with tj and that whole squad uh, the hbc team yeah well here, here's what duncan means to me i moved to hermosa beach in 2016 right um i'm thinking about coaching some high school volleyball so i'm i live dead smack between miracosta and redondo so visited both schools um both coaches invited me to to their practices um Mm -hmm. just uh whatever this and that um talk to duncan first 
had good assistant coaches. He was already set in this situation. Went to Miracosta second. Um, bunch of cocky dudes, but the conversation was awesome because when you start actually talking about volleyball and like a guy with his New York hat coming in, they don't know. When we start actually talking about volleyball, they're like, all right, we're not taking him, but this guy's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This guy, you know, so, um, so Duncan called me later, you know, and actually offered me a, um, a spot to tell me to choose my age group um for a club for evolution and i told him 16s because yeah. as a college coach i thought that's where my strengths could play to the needs you know because 16 mm -hmm. when you were 16 right you're asking those questions am i playing middle yeah. or do i play oppa or should, yeah. should i that's a, that's a crucial age group yeah for sure. am i going to keep growing should i just play outside now is there life after volleyball <laughs> you know these these are questions i thought coming in as a vet um yeah. as his most experienced coach I, I thought i could just help out the program so because yeah. Um, yeah, I love that guy. And we pray for his family. Yeah. We're, you know, I'm not, we're not going to air his laundry too much, but we know he's got right. his kids have, um, yeah. uh, tumor issues and, and I'm so sad that that happens to it. You don't want that to happen to anybody, but if it happens, some, I'm gonna just be honest. If that happens to someone I like, I, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't feel as bad as I do for him. You know, I'm not a, I'm not an evil person, but you, Duncan, of all, you know, please. I know, you know? I know, it's such a such a tragedy. I'm and I, I'm I'm hoping he's doing well. We had a fundraiser for him like a not too long ago, uh, uh, like a little four man beach tournament. That was the last time. Was that a 16th, six sixteenth yes. Street? Yeah, that was the last I talked to him. Yeah, did you play sixteen? Uh, did you play um, Labor Day? Yeah, I won it uh, in 2017. <laughs> nice. I think yeah. um, Daniel Newman won this year. He beat Faulkner. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That was that was a big win too. And the, I think the previous year was Brian Cook or something before COVID. You have to know that that Dan is not gonna let them live that down. You have to know Daniel Newman know. is not gonna let them live that down. Well, especially because Greg's such a local down at that uh, those streets that it kind of hurts. But yeah, it was it was a good match from what I hear. I wasn't there. That's the first day I met you. I was playing forwards. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you um, didn't know I wasn't supposed to double block. I mean, I'm sitting there just trying to reach in. I actually got a couple of good blocks. Um, I wouldn't call them stuff blocks. I would just say blocks that no one covered because they assumed you were going to get killed. <laughs> when you're the, let me tell you something, Devin. When you're the best hitter on the team, your hitting percentage, your hitting errors goes up because no one covers for you because they think you're going <laughs> to. Yeah, that actually happens on our club team. We have a guy that everyone kind of just like watches him go up to hit and then he gets blocked every once yeah. in a while. And everyone's like, oh, like I was just watching the cool dude like jump 40 inches, you know? Yes. You want to know how good good a cover person you are? Play a couple of couple of sets with me. <laughs> <laughs> you you'll be running you'll be running under the net forearms out you can expect <laughs> to cover you want to you want to improve your covering skills play two sets with me man because oh, i like to dude i see a block but i don't know the way i was brought up like good things happen when you hit the shit out of it and sometimes yeah, yeah, people sometimes people just catch you you know mm -hmm. so i learned that from um i have a friend say uh, he went to Cal Baptist. He's from Ghana, West Africa. Okay. Um, Shamzu. You know, he played with his cousin. And um, he said good things happen when you, you hit the crap out of it. So, yeah. all right, let's go to the junior scene. What's, what age group again? You're 13? So you, you were 13? 16s and then 18s for boys. All right, so for 13s, um, give me one fundamental that you have a heightened emphasis on the, on the 13s group that, 
that means more that's more important than the other five like six fundamentals meaning passing digging blocking serving huh dude it's it's in my opinion it's entirely based on server pass like if your team can serve the ball really tough you can win like 80 percent of your matches literally just the service line just hitting search ace ace that's how it goes that's 13s right it's a service yeah, yeah. even even at the i mean the pbl which is the top uh, uh division for the youth girls our matches were like 25 to 7 or something most times and it was all just service line they go super quick too the sets take like 15 minutes because it's just <laughs> you're just at the service line like you know and then if you can keep the ball off the ground you win basically so yeah super pass. Dude, fun tournament though we were the last match we were down 14 11 set three <laughs> and we won 16 14 and as a coach Devin, when they get to 14 up you exhale because you feel like all right my job my job's done here because because you're they already they already showed me right that that they're willing to come back and and win or lose you don't really care because at 14 the better sometimes the, you know you serve a ball it hits the tape, goes over. There's some things that go beyond your control in a game or two, but happens all the time. Yeah, the little yeah. tape trickles or a miss hit off the side of the hand, and it goes down. Like that's that's what happens in that age group. I'm loving that chair, by the way. I'm I'm oh, hiding mine. <laughs> yeah, you look at you. Like is I, that I, your I, dad's I, chair? Is that your father's chair or something? <laughs> dude, I, I do a lot of uh, PC gaming, so I figured I would invest in a uh, pretty yes. hefty chair. You know, if I'm going to spend dude, some hours. Dude, this chair behind me. Mm -hmm. I worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years. That's how I made mm -hmm. my money. That's how I retired early. Whole other story. But this yeah. chair I took from the office and when I, I moved in with Kelly. And then when we yeah. moved here, I took the chair with me. This chair is good Ergonomic. for gaming. It's good for podcasting. But man, look at you like a big, big willy, man. Big willy call big of one. duty. <laughs> And you're like six seven, so you know that chair's got size. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look how you sitting in big, that thing. Big and tall. <laughs> you're a sloucher. So, um, all right. But as a player, I'm gonna ask you a, a question about passing, mm -hmm. albeit receiving, free ball, down ball, not, di but not, but not digging. Mm -hmm. Um, coaches will tell you like a hundred things, shoulders together, this and that or whatever. But I was, as a coach, I always. I don't want you to suffer from paralysis through analysis where you got so much you can't do shit. So right. I always do things in three. So I'm going to give you three things between holding your platform between straight and simple. Something me and John uh, straight platform, simple pass uh, or between one move to the ball between those three things. What's one of those three things you think you feel you do best. That I do best personally. Yeah. Um, Honestly, probably straight and simple. My, my movement to the ball has always been uh, kind of poor, to be honest. Um, uh, slow and just not because I'm a bigger guy, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, what was the first one? Well, between the three choices of holding your platform. Oh, holding the platform. Yeah, like Kelly Reeves. Have you ever uh, seen her play? She's the queen of the hold, man. Right. Uh -oh. I've always, I've, women are definitely better at that in general. I feel like technically they're a little more disciplined. Um, it's a lower net. Because straight, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Um, as I was saying before, with the coaching and everything, it's the same thing. Like they're just they're more disciplined, technical. You, know. you ever play a, a scrimmage against a women's team on a woman's height net? It's scary, dude. I'm like, how's that Catholic <laughs> thing go up, down, left, right? I'm like, you know, okay, I'm taller and I'm gonna you know overpower them, but that first hit is 
<laughs> terrifying. Well, the so, serves are actually really tough because the net's so low. Like float serves come at like your belly button when you're, you know, when you're trying to pass, and it's hundred percent. So, so for you, your best thing is straight and simple, and you all. And my next question was, but you already answered that one move is um something you'd like to do a little bit better. Yeah. You find yeah. Do just, you find yourself making more than one move to the ball, or do you are you just slow on your one move? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, depending on the day. When it's really windy, then I then I tend to make the wrong moves. So you step, and then you realize that it's blown somewhere else, and then you have to step back. Um, and then sometimes when the serves are just quick, it's like a matter of like falling towards the ball instead of like actually stepping and moving towards the ball. Those those two are big differences, you know. Mm-hmm. So have, have you um, matured in your serving strategy as far as like um, one knowing who you're going against and two? Um, applying something I call constant pressure, which sets up for the long game, because you're you're a very good. First of all, you're a very good jump server, right? Um, you have a pretty good float that I that the last twelve months, if not the last three tournaments, have I I just saw a significant improvement and and have um, as far as serving, which at every level is king. Do you do you see improvements um, in your serving game and as far as just I call it serving maturity, knowing who you're going against and setting up for the long game. Do you understand right. what I'm asking? Yeah. So I always used to I always used to pick on a certain guy or whatever. We'd have our serving target that we had planned out. Um, but for the most part, I served way too easily, um, especially as a blocker. When you're already at the disadvantage of having to run up after and block, you might as well serve tough because you're kind of going to be in a weaker space. They might option too. So a lot of the time I would serve like a lollipop and then they would just option it back as I'm running up. So that kind of defeats the whole purpose. So then I started um, just like flattening it out and trying to push them to either side to make them a little more uncomfortable. And that was a big uh, change. It's not necessarily you're going to be like scoring a ton of points on aces or whatever, finding them on the lines, but getting them to take a step in a bad way that they don't want to, especially when you're factoring in which side the wind's on and all that. That's kind of what we've been um, transitioning to. And I think we applied that pretty well in Chicago. Um, and that's why we had a little more success um in our defense game you know nice i like that and yeah. um yeah like i'll watch phil play some people and sometimes he serves g jump serves and sometimes he's like wait i'm just gonna lollipop it because they have to make a decision on on you know what i'm saying they have to recalibrate on his penetration on a block and how much he reaches over and sometimes you want to see if they fix that first you know right. where like they might get a better point being out of system and back in, you know, you know, that, that, that used to be a big indoor thing. I, I was in Germany in 1992 mm. and um, I made friends with the, the head coach in the Netherlands, uh, Mario Trebich, and he's, they were such a good blocking team. Sometimes they serve competitively, but at the same time, um, their blockers had a rhythm, that little three-step, right. that little three-step dance. You know what I'm saying? Right. Two, of the, two of the guys are seven feet tall. They won the silver, I think, in 92, and then eventually won the gold. And small world, I ended up coaching that kid, his kid at, at Hunter High School in New York. So, and, oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, that's how incestuous volleyball is. I met that guy. Yeah, his name is Myra Trubich, and he told me to set. I was an outside hitter in Germany, and he's like, you're 6'1". My wingspan's 6'8", um, and I'm left-handed, so... He said set. So, but how small a world that's, is that? Right? Incredible. That's like Kawhi Leonard uh, dimensions right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was a su- dude. I was a super athlete before volleyball, and then I became a one sport athlete because of the sport which we love or whatever. Yeah. Did you get into volleyball because of girls? 
no, not really. My mom got me into it and then the girls kind of followed, which was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my mom played, uh, she loves the game. She still played, not at a, not at a high level, but uh, very casually with her, with her old lady groups, you know? Yeah. Kelly was on the podcast yesterday. Same thing. Her mom actually played at UCLA. Um, oh, her sure. brother, Connor Reeves or whatever. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And she ended up playing there and subsequently she won a chip. I think, yeah, she won in 2011. And and the cool thing is we called Aaron Wexler like on the podcast. I just had Rob on the phone. We called Aaron Wexler on the phone, and he said some nice things about her. So that was a really fun episode yesterday. Nice. Do you watch any other sports? Basketball is my. Um, I'll, I'll watch the NBA. That's about it. Uh, nice. My dad is really into basketball, so who's and I team? played a little bit growing up. Who's your team? Who's your squad? Lakers, obviously. Um, I'm not really feeling them right now, but I was a big Kobe guy, and uh, I watched him growing up a lot. So. Well, I grew up being a New York Knicks fan. Um, I'm a little older, giving away my age, right? I'm 51. Tough, um, uh, <laughs> tough but I'm, team to be a fan. Oh, I'm, I said I was a Knicks fan. I, I don't think you heard me in the language that I, I already turned in my Knicks card. They, I couldn't watch them anymore. I'm, I'm Brooklyn Nets now because I'm, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. Okay, there's a team that came home. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm their They're fan. Entertaining. They got some stars. Yeah. yeah. But when the Knicks played, when I grew up, they. Teams like them and the Detroit Pistons were the reason why there's something called a flagrant foul. Right. Because back then, <laughs> if a foul, like tapping someone was the same thing as clotheslining them out of the air, Yeah. right? You're like, all right, I don't want him to score. You know, Jordan. I mean, this is why people have so much respect for Jordan. The guy got, Hammered. I mean, yeah. anything shy of being nailed to a cross. I mean, yeah. that was, it was a lot of punishment. Now that that Pistons team was, uh, yeah. was they set, <laughs> they set records for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, the Knicks did. Uh, uh, um, you know, the, the the Knicks had followed that suit. John Starks, Anthony Mason, um, Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, big enforcer under the net. And then they went from that to a team that was like, hey, anyone can score on us, you know? Yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah, let's, um, you know, Rihanna, she could play for us. We don't beat anybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't beat anybody up. So... And yeah, they it got bad, dude. I didn't even want, in fact, I didn't even want to go to a restaurant near Madison Square Garden because I thought the Knicks might contaminate the meat. I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't want, want that energy on your food. Yes. So we have our time, we're time period basketball fans too. I mean, uh, hopefully the Lakers will put themselves in a position where you're feeling them again, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't like how they just, they just grabbed a bunch of superstars and tried to throw a team together. Like, yeah. Kind of, you know, I like the I like the franchise guys that stick around and hang along, you know. And Carmelo's a scorer, but I, I he's never been, you know, um, something I call a um, a proven. I guess of the yeah, Syracuse. He won a chip with Syracuse, but the man wasn't playing both both ends of the floor until John uh, Mike Woodson was coaching the Knicks. So yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys, like when they're a big time scorer, they just that becomes a a side interest, defense, and everything. So. Nice. Expected, I guess. Seven years at multiple clubs. Um, you played outside here at Santa Barbara that one year. Yeah. What year was that? I got there in 2014 and played until 2015, somewhere through the mid. Okay. Who's the coach yeah. there? Remind me. Rick McLaughlin. Okay. Is yeah. it related to Spencer? Say again. Is Rick related to Spencer McLaughlin? No. Uh. No, I don't think so. Okay. You know I, what I'm actually, talking was, about, right? I was curious about that, yeah, because yeah. he also coached at Rockstar. Yep, and he was um, 
what he was um ucla assistant for a while yeah i think he's he's still there actually yeah well he had a short stint i think with women's volleyball then went back to ucla for with with because he played he played at uh la i think he's a pretty incredible player i think yeah it's like a beach player too i the first time i saw him um avp 2015 or 2016 he played with taylor crab him and taylor him and taylor qualified for the draw Interesting. I gotta go back and watch some footage. Yeah. yeah uh, so Matt Furbringer is my the head coach for the boys team that I coach for. Yeah. Um, so he was. We would talk about beach a lot, and he was telling me that Spencer was pretty, uh, pretty incredible mm-hmm. on the indoor circuit. And yeah, and Norseka, him and Miles Evans actually qualified for a Norseka. They beat Case Beer and Derek Olson to get in, and I actually that match is on YouTube. You want to hear that? Because Case yeah, Case Beer physically cool. threatened uh, Miles because Miles was being an idiot about you know. Well, Miles was doing something I call um, California sore winner, right? Like, they before the match, they're your friend, they're chill, but when after they won, they act like a dick. <laughs> they act like a jerk about that. And you don't see that in New York. New York, New York is the other way around. I, you know, I want to take your lunch money, but when the match is over, there's always this respect, and we can, right. go, we can go drinking later and this and that. But there's, a, there's this... I don't know this sore winner thing. I just, it just, yeah, it, dep- it depends on the guy, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But Case Beer was like, how about I punch you in the mouth? <laughs> and Miles is just like me. What did I do? It's just, ah, it was awesome. But that was, um, yeah, him and Taylor. By the way, they did qualify, they made the draw. Taylor was wearing a long sleeve hoodie in 90 degree weather in New York. And that's the only reason why it attracted my attention. I'm like, this dude. <laughs> Is not everyone's like naked and dripping because New York, you know, is humid. And in the background, the song Dirty White Boy by Farner keeps playing. And then they loop it and they play it again. So now, whenever I see Taylor Crab, right. the song comes up in my thing. And he, and sometimes I did a commentary thing on him and I called him Dirty White Boy. <laughs> and I'm just like, the hell's wrong with me? I saw him last night, actually. He must be, he must be used to the heat from, uh, well, I guess Hawaii gets kind of hot. Yeah, humid. Hawaii gets same humidity. Yeah, but I like but Devin, I like places like that because when nighttime comes, you don't really have to dress up to party at night. Oh, the roof love parties it. are off the hook in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, New York, of course, you know the clubs. I was just, in, I was just in Jamaica and literally walking around. It's like seventy degrees, just absolutely perfect. The days get kind of hot, but I mean, what were you doing in Jamaica? We're just family vacation, hanging out with my mom and my sister. We stayed a little all inclusive in uh, Montego Bay. Okay. It was awesome. I'm a nosy motherfucker, right? <laughs> yeah, just a little vacation. All right. I like that. So, all right. So before we go, because this episode was purely about volleyball and any, look, when the NBA finals comes along, we, you and me, and, and um, I got some, some, I got some volleyball people who love basketball. We can just do like a watch party and, and have fun. Yeah, on dude, that. it might end up being uh, Lakers Nets, you know, no. I think if Kyrie Irving comes back. Yeah, uh, it comes back. Around. Yeah, because <laughs> chemistry for some reason the three of them when they play together, I know people say you know um, inactivity is a real thing, but those three just click like, right. like that when they need to. But yeah, yeah, Kyrie Irving did what he had to do. I mean, you know, not everybody's down with the vaccine, and and it's, to yeah. me, as long as you're protecting yourselves in other in other ways, people, you know, like, and you're not. Um, putting yourself in the position where you're trans, trans, transferring or transmitting it, which, by right. the way, the vaccine doesn't prevent you from doing anyway. Uh, right. um, um, yeah, got to do what you got to do. It's a weird, it's a strange time, right? I could see it in yeah, your yeah. face like now. You're just like, 
oh, you know, we're not, we're not going, we're not actually going to go that route, but I saw your face okay. like we live in strange okay. times and we can definitely leave it at that. Right. Um, fan question, ice cream or cupcakes? I'm a big ice cream. I have, I have ice cream like pretty much every night. So I'd say Me too. <laughs> yeah. My vice right before bed. I, I like it. Do you know what I did last night? Um, mm -hmm. There's an eggnog called Pennsylvania Dutch. They only sell it on the oh, East Coast eggnog. in New York, right? And they sell it all year round on the East Coast. So mm -hmm. I take a blender, right? I take a scoop of ice cream, um, vanilla ice cream, the eggnog, cinnamon, right? Mm -hmm. I take like a chocolate chip cookie, a piece of a chocolate chip cookie. Mm -hmm. And like two or three nights <laughs> a week, I'm zzzz. <laughs> um, it's awesome. And it's like a milkshake, right? Like yeah. And it's got it's got a good level of brandy in it, you know. Like if you want to spike it with something else, you know. Um, Rum, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm light now because what I used to do is put extra brandy in it, and I would call it like a slippery on steroids. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah, cool, great. Wait, come on, cool nickname. So favorite sports team? You already said Lakers, right? Yeah. I'm a big football guy. I'm a good mix. I'm a big mar mixed martial arts guy. I'm, a, I'm an avid fan of the UFC and Bellator, um, big one coming up this weekend. So um, I think I'm hoping Rob come to the house. We could just, you know, this office, we could just watch party. I got, you know, two big screens here. We could watch. Yeah, cool. we, actually, this room is set up just for the Olympics. I could watch like beach, indoor, all at the same time. You should come through one time. I know you're at you're Zoom right now and the Zoom signal looks great. It almost yeah. looks like a real time thing, and the sound is nice. But it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, you got the split screen going and everything. Yeah, man. And I'm again, I'm teching my own show. I miss Miranda, who's my tech girl, is Rob's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, she's really good with this stuff, and she's been mm -hmm. doing the sound engineering and teching and making everything really well. Um, let's see, Rogers or Brady? You don't care. That's football. Yeah. Okay, we talked about juniors. Um, I had one more question for juniors. What do you see? Cause you co do you coach just girls? No, uh, well the boys are 18, so they're not really juniors, but, and then I do the high school too. So I guess I do. Yeah. All right. My, um, um, the question here is what do you see in a lot of these junior players, juniors players that you, when you play juniors, that reminds you of them? um in a good way what's what's some good things when you're like when i played wow i did the same thing so the the main thing i see is like when you know when a team starts just rolling like when like everyone's playing well things are going nice you can see everyone's like smiling having a good time like and they're just and as a coach you don't even have to do anything you're just standing on the sideline just going like yeah like keep doing what you're doing you know like that is always like the best moment when i even when we're like blowing out teams it's not that exciting just seeing like all the guys play without any like hesitations or reservations or anything because that was always when i could like achieve my best performances when i was just like having a good time like there weren't like the pressure wasn't like overwhelming or anything and then it's like it's just um it's a good moment to see i guess for the boys especially yeah is this something that they do differently that you're like, wow, that that's improved since the time that I played club? Honestly, it, it seems like all the guys are jumping higher. <laughs> like when I was, when I was around, like we had like maybe like one high flyer on a team and he would be like, kind of like special. Now all these dudes are like, 
they're jumping out of the gym and I'm standing there and I'm like, man, volleyball's getting better, you know? So yeah. that's, that's kind of cool to see. Everybody's a bunch of Devons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not even tall and they're like, they're touching like top the antenna. It's incredible. Um, How special is your relationship with your father? I met you on a lot of these like double A, triple A, like these CBVAs. You know, you, you know how these guys are like hung up on their rating and all that shit where yeah. it's so important to them and you and you you just look like this cool kid. You're like, I'm just here to play. All right. You could you just got your rating, yeah? Okay. That <laughs> sounds nice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But the only reason why I'm asking this is because every time I come to your game, it's not hard to find your father. Yeah. It yeah. is not hard to hard. He is your most avid fan. And that man is willing to fight tooth and nail, sometimes physically for, yeah. uh, <laughs> on your part. He is ready to throw down if anyone has anything to say or do with his son. How yeah. special is your relationship with your father? So we actually, we started off like kind of, I mean, growing up, like obviously I've always had a good relationship with my father, but around that high school age, you know, when you start like arguing and it's that tense, it's just a tense time for parents and their kids. Um, and then I went to college and moving away definitely like helps, uh, settle the relationship a little bit better. And that's when I started like actually like learning a lot about him and becoming more like friends with him, I guess, rather than a father son thing. Um, but he's always, he's always been the guy that's like at my game, like recording in the back. Like I literally have all my footage from all my previous like club, everything. And he's in the background, like commentating and you can hear his little accent and stuff. Um, yeah. So he's, he's been a big influence for me as an athlete too, because he was a pretty uh, high level swimmer in Pakistan. He grew up in Pakistan. Um, so he's always had that like competitive drive for sports, I guess, and always wanted me to find whether it's swimming or not. Like I was never a swimmer. Um, and so sports have always been a pretty big focus of his life. And I kind of adopted that from him, I guess. So yeah, he's a, he's a huge influence in my life. Yeah, it was I ran it running into him in a Manhattan Beach. Um, and the last time I saw him previous was probably like a year and a half, two years ago. It felt like it still felt like yesterday. He, me and him, um, we, we were still, we were still cool. We, we shared camera space. Right. Um, we, we were totally candid and honest about, about how that match went and yeah. how like certain things could have went and this and that. And, and, right. and I really, he has my respect. I like the guy, you know what I'm saying? And you know what, Devin, I like you too. I like that we went this long because I know even though you're like a friendly dude, I know you talking about yourself is not the most comfortable thing in the world for you. So, so I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Look, when you, look, as you start to make more of these main draws, man, I'm, I'm preparing you. I'm preparing right. you, dude. You no, know I know what it's saying? good practice. Public yeah. speaking is, is really tough for me, but, yeah. uh, it's good to practice and yeah. I, I really and i'm not it. and dude i'm not gonna do that to you today i mean like me and riley salmon went two hours and 25 minutes we ain't doing that today i just i just wanted to um yeah because we talked about uh things outside of volleyball like alcoholism you know um suicides um you know what i'm saying like uh socially con social construct things and as you continue to get older and, and as you continue to build your brand and you find a mission outside of volleyball that you want to you just want to put your hand in um, we could definitely come back and talk about those things. Is there anything that you, 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 um, in the future wanted to talk about that you just saw the, that, I don't know, you'd like to see the world be a better place if, if they did X did this. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I was pretty big into environmentalism. Uh, I, that's what I majored in college. So after volleyball, I would like to uh, pursue that a little bit. As you can see, I got the little Patagonia thing here. Um, some of my teachers worked at Patagonia and all that, uh, 
So that would be my focus after volleyball is done that I would like to pursue. I like that. So Devin, uh, before we go, is there a particular site or Insta handle or somewhere it's like, look, look, Jason, I listen to your podcast all the time. That Devin Berkey guy, I'm a fan. I want to get to know him. How can I be down? How can I get with Devin? How can I ask him some questions? Is there a particular website? You're supposed so, to ask him these things. Go ahead. So my, my dad posts like all my like footage that he records on my uh, YouTube channel. It's called, it's just my name, uh, Devin Berkey Volleyball. Okay. Uh, youtube mm -hmm. so he posts that you'll see you'll hear his commentary in the background um so that's where you can see like footage and stuff um but i have an instagram uh it's just my name devin berkey um okay I'm not i'm not that active on there but yeah yeah those are my i like that and also um if you wanted to see that match the three set match i have that on youtube as well um oh, awesome the one you yeah, I will, I will actually it has a scoreboard too so if you want to just because yeah, my dad's all it's all cut up in different videos yeah and stuff, so score cam helps dude having the scoreboard you're like i just yeah, want to watch yeah. the third set and you know like if there's a score you're like all right i don't have to like look for it so oh, i love it yeah yeah all right ladies and gentlemen devin berkey might love you but i don't like you in fact i can't stand you in fact i am out of here so for all of you at home for all of you on the lunch line at starbucks for all of you on your ipad iphone droid desktop who runs the world old school people do for my man devin berkey thank you for coming on this is episode 121 of the option podcast i'm jason debilius i'm gonna hit my music stay with me we're out come check out the option podcast on optiondb.com it's also available on itunes and spotify and on youtube under the ny varsity sports handle you're gonna love what you hear